Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That banger of a theme song can only mean one thing, Steph Chase. It's Thursday. Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. Steph Chase is in the place. And who better to have on the show when our titular news is about New Japan and Dynamite was last night. How are you, Steph? I'm good. Thank you, Alex. I think the New Japan news is crazy. So I'm very, wow. But I am good. How are you? I'm all right. I am nursing, uh, basically being a father. My children have been sick and thus, I will end up sick. That is how the world works, apparently. That is so. the law of the universe, Alex. I feel so sorry for you. Mm, it was inevitable. Kitty cooties. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wonderful as they are. Blah. Um, so anyway, uh, welcome back, Steph Chase. It's only been two days away. I know. And I'm pulling double duty this week and all sorts. Thank you so much. Uh, so guys, you know when Steph's on the show... Hot take machine, ultra chat queen, all of that good stuff. Get them in to wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. I feel like I haven't had to use my fan to like fan the flames of a bad take for a while. So please get your bad takes in. (laughs) Yeah. Bad. Yeah, not hot. Get your bad takes in. Get your bad takes in. (laughs) Um, Yes, I must say. I feel like people are too afraid to go toe-to-toe with Steph Chase and her fan. Don't be scared of me. I'm really nice. <laughs> yes. Trust us. She is really, really nice. Um, but, yes, do do that, right? Go to WrestleTalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. The mod will give us the goods, and we will read it out on the show, whatever you want to talk about. Get it in. Uh, but you know what else we have to do? We have to get the thumbs up. Get these videos and algorithms and all of that bollocks. Get it going. Uh, and give us a subscribe as well. Uh, oh, Mrs. Drawing Back the Curtains. Inadvertent light. <laughs> Everyone, look how what I am. Um, the glow that's right at you, Alex. You are the angel of wrestling. <laughs> that's what it was, right? It was it like was. the heavens came down to me <laughs> as I spoke about wrestling. Um, right. Let's get into New Japan so uh i mean the first thing to talk about here is will osprey has had to vacate the iwgp heavyweight title just got into that first run really at the top in new japan and it's come to a bit of a premature end because he's got neck problems apparently he's coming back to the uk to have them sorted out uh, or at least get rehab on them i mean osprey's had problems with his necks for years now Right. I remember being in New Orleans. God, when was that? 2018, I think. Was it? Yeah. Um, And they were talking about it then, that he was really struggling. I think he'd actually injured it in Japan in a match. Um, And and that was something that he was carrying around and he was really struggling. So it's one of those things. And I said this to SB3 earlier, a bit like Kurt Angle, maybe, where it's kind of like the inevitable. It was going to happen at some point where his neck was going to kind of give up. But now... Is a bad time, Steph, right? Like, he was just kind of getting into his groove as a, as a real player in New Japan. 
Yeah, I feel really sorry for him because someone like Osprey being IWGP Heavyweight Champion is such a dream. It's an absolute dream and he accomplished that goal and to have his reign end in such a way, it's so sad and I, all I have is sympathy for him that his reign has ended in such a fashion and I also... I feel for New Japan because New Japan, like, let's be honest, it's not been the hottest thing recently, but Osprey has been putting on some absolute bangers. And with Osprey out of the picture, you've got to wonder, like, what are they going to do? And it's just a sad situation all around. It really, really is. I There's nothing worse than your title reign ending via injury rather than, you know, an actual painful victory from someone else this is really sad for osprey and it's really sad for new japan as well unless you're kofi kingston and it ends in seven seconds um i must say that. <laughs> i must say um in terms of new japan right because kind of covid has run rife through the promotion recently so it's hard to say it's hard yeah it's hard to say like where are they going to go right like who are they going to pivot to are they going to you know, it seemed like maybe like a Tanahashi or someone they were kind of trying to move past that and build the new generation or whatever. But do they kind of go tried and trusted? Maybe do they kind of go on that route? Or ah, oh man, it's it's really hard to predict. Uh, are they, you know, I've seen some people, I, and I think this is wishful thinking, kind of going, yeah, well, Kenny Omega, right? Like you know, you yeah. get him into the picture and and make it happen like that. What do you think New Japan do? Shingo is that an option? Like where do they go? I think where they probably go is Kota Bushi as the safe option. Best body um, in the world. If you are good, <laughs> says you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I wish but I was Kota. Like Kota Bushi's about like 20 years too young for me. If I can <laughs> But, okay, so I would put it on Coda if there's even a possibility of uh, working something out with Kenny. However, I have to give another take as well. I put it on uh, Jay White, even though he's gone right. currently, because if you want a young guy to lead the company, I'd give Jay White that win again, and I'd give him a proper win this time rather than being the guy that replaced Kenny for Coda to, for Okada sorry, to take it back from him. Um, I would let him really really test out the waters especially now because he's uh i don't want to say that jay white has improved because he's always been top of his game but people are more uh, receptive to him right now than they've ever been and i know that oh. a long time like jay white truther <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to go with someone new young i'd give it to jay but if not just put it back on coda because the situation is really unfortunate and what else can you do because you know, I love Okada and I love Tanahashi, but you cannot have the belt just constantly being on Koda and Tanahashi. It's like something's got to give at some point. And mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I, I think, and I know that, you know, we're partisan to Jay White on this show. But, uh, but But I do think there's something in that, actually, when you think yeah. they were going to try and go that route with Will Ospreay, they were going to try and, you know, kind of create this new wave or whatever. Okay, well, if you're going to do that, stick with it especially in a time like this um the only thing is i don't know is is he actually i think he is suffering is he not i'm not sure what's going on with jay white right now he currently has covid so it's fit mm. um because he went to the airport with finley's son and then fit finley decided it was fine to announce that on on a podcast but uh what once he's recovered which should be in a week or two um, yes. i would like to see him get something and i also think that for me, as someone who in 2020, 2019, was so utterly obsessed with New Japan, um, the thing that has made my obsession go like down is what they did with Jay White. The fact that Jay White created a storyline for himself where I saw people, and obviously I'll not name names, people that had never ever watched a new japan match tweeting about new japan in january just to make me angry to say <laughs> jay white would be in wwe they bring this guy back for nothing not like mm. no with the storyline he's just like uh yeah i was gonna quit but like i'm just back here now it's fine like that was the most one of the most frustrating endings to a wrestling storyline i've ever seen 
which really gave me like authorities in the company. But that momentum that Jay had at the beginning of the year where you had people talking about him, put the belt on him, let him run with it, let him show everyone what he can do. And I think that might gain some new interest in New Japan because those people that were saying, yeah, Jay White would be a good fit for WWE, I'm guessing they might have checked out some of his stuff. Check out more of his stuff and see how good he really is. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing as well. You know, you mentioned Kota earlier. That, that wouldn't be the end of the world either because like everyone was looking at that when Osprey became the champion. It was a bit like, yeah. oh, you know, like you know, his journey to double champ status. And then it was like, oh, just like that, pretty much gone. Um, I, I think there's a lot of people that didn't feel, especially with Kenny being the champion as well. I think there was just a lot of us in our minds that were lining it up going, well, you know, it makes a world of sense. But of course, it becomes difficult. So um, I, I think they they have a few options, but they do need to tread carefully, right? Because some of their, I think a lot of people have bemoaned some of the steps that they've made in the past, you know, well, this year anyway, creatively and stuff. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and nitpick everything because I don't watch every show. Um, you know, it even stems back to Great Okan being in prominent spots and things like that. You know, are they going to put it on him? Are they going to go all the way and go, get him in there? You know, I think it all stems back to Evil taking those belts. And I don't mind Evil, but I think when Evil took those belts, there was a lot of people that were like, hey, guys, this is just a pandemic thing. I, I think that was like, it wasn't. That was it. <laughs> yeah. I think that was my first, like, real wave on Twitter. Because Twitter universally is pretty much full of people that like New Japan's amazing. I think that was my first wave where it was like, what the hell is this, right? Like, everyone was mad that Evil had picked yeah. up the bills. Yeah. I feel sorry for Evil because I like Evil as an entrance, and it depends on the opponent as far as the match goes, but he, he was not a championship guy. And I think what they did with that reign uh, really set them back because at the time, of course, there were a lot of people saying, like, this is just due to the pandemic but then it was like no like pause because they've actually been building evil for ages like evil fought jericho so they clearly had the eye on evil and this is what we were getting and then it became a feeling in the booking of ghetto who is someone who has been praised as booker for so long that when he makes a misstep it becomes a really big deal and i think 2020 has been not the best year for New Japan if you compare it to more recent uh, times. It, I mean, just to close on this one, is Shingo not an option? Shingo Takagi? I mean, a lot of people have been praising him as maybe that, the best wrestler in the world. I think that Shingo is a guy that is a fan fave, but not a company fave. I really think he's that, in that slot. Um, I really do. Are you calling him Dolph Ziggler of 2014? Is that Shingo Takagi? <laughs> Um, I mean, maybe, but yeah, I feel like he's more like that type. I think he's more like the fans love him. I don't think the company's behind him, which is so unfortunate because he's great. Yeah. Um. Anyway, best of luck to Will Ospreay on his journey yeah, back absolutely. to the ring. Obviously, next are no jokes. And the fact that he's had to drop the belt suggests that he's going to be out for a little while Um, and it needs some some serious work. So all the best to him. Hopefully he comes back. And doesn't miss a step, man, because there's nobody quite like that guy. Um, no question about it. Steph, what else do we do on Thursdays? I think we talk about Dynamite. Yeah, we talk about Dynamite. Of course we do. Let's get into the show. Remember, guys, if you want to have your opinion read out uh, on Wrestling Daily, all you have to do is hit wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. And you know what will happen. The Mod Mother will give us the goods and we will read it out on the show. Whatever you feel about the build to double or nothing and beyond, let us know. Steph, have you got any interviews lined up in the next week for uh, AEW? I might have. Ooh, you've got it in the can. I'm working on one, mm -hmm. um, and I've never had them before. That much I can say. I've never had them before, and I'm working on it. I really want to but, message you and see if we're on the same person or not. <laughs> but, you know, Monday is when my double or nothing week starts, and I'm working on many, many things that I think will be very, very fun for anyone subscribed to my YouTube. So, yes. This guy's subscribed. Look, 
if I if I act like a total um I don't know like egomaniac when W when AW has a pay per view week, it's because it's like Christmas to me. So. <laughs> it was only for a year. Double or nothing week is coming, so I'm so excited about that. Uh, I saw a report earlier, just to touch on this, by the way. Um, I think, is it All Out that's going to be in St. Louis? Or is it Full Gear, one of the two? Oh, in St. Louis? I'm going to have to Google. I was going to be in Chicago, but that might just be my wistful thinking because I really want to go to Chicago. Yeah, I I desperately want to do that as well. Uh, No, it is Full Gear, so it's the year-ending pay-per-view for AEW, um, is, is in St. Louis. Cool, I'll go there. That's fine. I mean, yeah, like I've never wanted to go to St. Louis, but I will. Um, yeah, Nelly, absolutely. I think Nelly is the only thing I can think about from St. Louis. <laughs> I think. Hey, Alex, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> Indeed, it is. St. Louis. <laughs> That's right. Um, man, I'll go. I, I would go. I I don't I'd know. I'd go right now, and I'd wait at the venue. I would go to Luton. <laughs> Oh, go to Luton for an AW show. If you don't know where Luton is, everyone in this chat, don't. Anyway. Oh, don't, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into uh, Dynamite then. Now, the match that kicked off proceedings last night was Christian Cage and Matt Seidel. Um, Now, on paper, I thought to myself, this would be good, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Dynamite have a habit of kicking off their shows with like a nice, uh, you know, exciting high tempo match and having someone like Matt Seidel for a great worker like Christian seems like a great fit. And it went pretty damn well. I think, Um, you know, there wasn't really a clear baby face heel dynamic, but I don't think that actually hurt it either. Uh, Everyone seemed to be having a a good time. Um, And of course, Christian continues his winning streak, which I don't think is. uh, I, I like Matt Seidel, but I don't think he needs wins. I know that sounds strange, right? You don't just want to lose all the time, but yeah. I don't think he's a guy who needs a lot of victories. He's actually doing his role fairly well in the company right now. And then there was some stuff that went down after the match, Steph, um, with Taz and his cohorts. What do we think's going on? <laughs> I love Team Taz. I know so. you do. That's why I've left you this 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 element of the opener but i think that i think this is a really good match and i think that as someone who was a let's say christian cage skeptic in the beginning just because they gave him that kenny omega moment which i now just think was tony Khan trying to swerve us um i think uh christian's been really really good in this promotion with what he's been doing because he's just been delivering solid matches and i like the team talent stuff like Brian Pierce looking strong. I like Taz on commentary. And I thought this was a very, very good opening. And I think that a feud between Christian Cage and Team Taz is so much better than I ever would have thought it would have been. Yeah. Um, Hangman Page being involved here as mm-hmm. well, right? With Team Taz. Um, you know, Christian, Hangman. I mean, it, your boy Hook was in the ring, uh, <laughs> getting in on the beat down. Um, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of matchups in there that I look at and I think, yeah, I could, I could get behind those. But yeah, it's, is. It, is it more about the Casino Battle Royale? I, I don't know. I feel like it's more the, about the Casino Battle Royale, uh, which usually te- a, like ends up being a match that has a lot of people in it, but it's focused on just two or three people that you're really really meant to be looking at and i can see christian and being like close in that and hangman page we're always trying to get him near to kenny but not right in front of kenny that's and, the trick and uh all i can say about hook is hook is the final boss and that's that and when hook ends up being the final boss you can all thank me listen hook or wardlow <laughs> No, okay, yeah. Wardlow's the final boss. <laughs> there you go. Hook is the final boss for Team Taz. Like, they are. Why is Hook not wrestled? Because he's the final boss. Like, I, no I, I reckon. I reckon, like Don Mysterio, they're going to debut him with like a really big match. 
Have you ever seen the time that Taz and Chris Jericho had a match in ECW and Taz was crazy, suplexing everyone. Mm. And then Taz is left in the ring with Jericho and he literally kills him. And people run in and they try and stop Taz. And Brian Pillman runs in. He sees Taz suplex someone and just goes, F that, I'm out of here. Like, yeah. literally to the camera and leaves. That is, Hook is going to be that Taz. Like, once they unleash Hook, final boss, done. Nobody can beat him. Once <laughs> Riot. I love it. I really hope that they do something big with him with his first match. Because he's clearly yeah. training, clearly doing bits. Yeah. I, uh, I really hope it's something great. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's move along because this next bit has got a ton of traction on social media today. It's the acclaimed and John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Now, let me recite to you. Oh, please do. <laughs> just the important bit here of what. No, I... the whole thing. Come on. Oh, I don't know if I have the whole thing. I, well, I do, but I'd have to play it and I don't know if it will come through. No, do it in your own voice. <laughs> I can't do that. I will say, he says, call your girl. She's all in my mentions trying to hit me up for some. And this is the key part of Max Cassie. He goes, oral sessions, right? The way he hit it. Um, and you know what was great? Like, because Moxley kind of sniggered at the Omega microphone line. Yeah. And then he said the oral sessions and Mox was like, mm. um, and then they get in the ring he doesn't even finish his promo. Mox starts beating the crap out of him. So good. I loved it. Uh, Max Castor so is awesome. Good. He did say, though, she just wants me on the podcast. But it was a very... Max Castor's raps, 10 out of 10. He did a yeah. great work with Mark as well. The guy is talented. I love how he makes them unique to his opponents. Coming up with an oral sessions line. Come mm. on. I mean, yeah, it was it was Bowens who was like, whoa, 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 we were just talking podcast here. Um, <laughs> and he's the one who got beaten up for it as well, which is even funnier. Um, you know, I feel like they missed a trick of like promoting Renee's book as well, Steph. Yeah. There could have been a rap about that. You know, Renee's cake or something. Come on, guys. I don't have to, <laughs> I don't want to write the whole thing out for you, but there's something there. Come on. Um, anyway, very good stuff. And Moxley and Kingston continue their ascent towards the tag title picture at Double or Nothing. They picked up the W. Um, man, like, I, I've said this on Twitter today. I really want this Mox and Kingston story to, to to go all the way. I don't want, like, I keep feeling like 
ah, maybe Mox is going to take time off and I don't want to get my hopes up because maybe, you know, but I want them to go all the way with it. Me too. I think it's so um, beautiful that they became a tag team because you can see the genuine love and friendship between them. And obviously they started off in this promotion as rivals. It's a great, great storyline. I'm just wondering, like, does AEW have the courage to take the belts off the Young Bucks mm. and work another storyline with the Young Bucks where they're not champions? Because I would love to see Mox and Kingston be champions. And I think especially when it comes to Eddie Kingston, he is just deserving of holding a belt. And I know that being deserving of something doesn't mean that you should actually get something. But I think he really should get it as well. It'd be nice to see him get it with Moxley. Psst, Eddie's the guy I'm trying to speak to next week. I'm trying to make it happen. <laughs> He's the guy. I need to send him over what I want to ask him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big, um, you know, believe. I basically ever since Steph broke it down for me that Eddie was going to come out and save Moxley <laughs> um, all those months ago. We made ever since the time that I was crying so hard that I missed the fact that <laughs> Ever since then, I've been all aboard. And I loved it when they feuded. And they're always the best feuds, right? Where you're like, oh, man, yeah. you know, they come back together. They've got all this history. I was yeah. down for it. Um, so I hope they do go all the way. The only thing is, is you just you hit the nail on the head, really. Like what they're doing with the Young Bucks and this kind of recent attitude uh, elevation, if you like. I wonder where they're going. What's the end goal? Who do they think should dethrone them? Because um, if you look at it on paper like that, do I think it's Moxley Kinson? Probably not. But then I don't know who is. Like, uh, I think the FDR story has another chapter in it yet as well. Yeah. I, okay. One of my questions is about Moxley taking any kind of paternity leave is always a question. But... When it comes to the pinnacle, uh, I know this is like probably a point for later in the show, but I've not seen anyone come into their own quite like Dax Harwood has come into his own in the past mm. weeks, which makes me think that they would be great tag team champions. But because the Young Bucks are tied to Omega, I feel like it really is a question of where are you going with the Omega Um that, you know, new Bullet Club storyline when it comes to this um, title picture. But I would love to see Kingston Moxley take it. See, and that's the thing. Again, you just hit the nail on the head. I don't know exactly where they are going with this Bullet Club storyline. And I, go on. I honestly think that the Kenny Belt Collector storyline is one of the most genius storylines ever, but it's also one of the most book yourself into a corner storyline in all different ways ever storyline that has ever existed <laughs> i think it affects like the tag team championship um area as much as it affects the kenny's actual title like mm -hmm. this is a great storyline but it's also book yourself into a corner storyline because once you've decided that a guy is this belt collecting god where do you go from that and then his best friends are the tag team champions where do you go from that, really? I don't know. That's the problem. Like you said, and, and and I think for Pac and Orange Cassidy, you know, we'll get to that in a bit, but presuming that's what happens, that to me feels like one that Kenny will win, right? It's a good paper, it's a great pay-per-view match, but it's kind of like you know, getting yeah. us to where we need to get to go. Is that the same case with the Young Bucks? Are they is this just another one on the road and the story is yet to really play out? I guess that's all I'm worried about in that, in that department. It's hard. It's very hard to tell. Like you said, I don't know. I've said all along, I feel that hangman page will dethrone Kenny yeah. and MJ, MJF will dethrone hangman. But I don't know the time scale at all. Like I I, is Kenny going to drop the rest of the bells before hangman like finishes him off per se? I, I, I or is he the man who starts the snowball effect? I really don't know. It's, it's so exciting. And it's great that we can say that we genuinely don't know. I think when it comes to the tag team title picture, my only kind of saving thing is that the good brothers are a tag team. So I think if the young bucks lose, that can work as the storyline of the Good Brothers saying, you guys don't deserve to be in our limo because you're losers. <laughs> yeah, losers. 
like another another storyline off shooting from that. But when it comes to Kenny, you're just constantly guessing at when he's going to drop any of these titles. And I think that's what makes it so exciting right now. Uh, Rangers Mayhem has sent an ultra chat saying, do you think the walking of the ropes by the Young Bucks, a little wink, wink, I'm assuming you want to say nudge, nudge. It says node, node. To EPL teasing the Bullet Club a little further. I'm not sure when this show was taped compared to the Impact pay-per-view. Um, I'd say maybe, but the Bullet Club guys are so shitty with the teases that you never know if they're all on a freaking WhatsApp group chat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or if it's just organic. I think the Impact show would have come first. If, mm, I think uh, so. if I'm not mistaken, but anyway, um, yes, that's a very good point. Uh, moving along, it's worth noting as well that Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky spoke to Tony Schiavone, um, and you're talking about Darby Allen and Sting. And then we know now, Steph, that yeah. we're going to get a tag match at Double or Nothing in ring. This isn't going to be a cinematic affair, Sting is in the ring. What yeah. do you think? I think I can't wait to sting in the ring. It's like a <laughs> nervous know. excitement for me. I, no, but it is because, okay, we have to be real because of Sting's age that there is those nerves of what he can do. But I think that given what he's done so far in this promotion, and I would gather that he has done some training, testing, whatever, that they yeah. think he can go. It's a tag match. He's got his lovely son beside him. I think this is very, very, very exciting. And I'm going to be watching it. And I'm not going to be sitting back and watching it and just enjoying it with a glass of wine like I will be the other matches. This will be the one because I love Sting so much. <laughs> I'll be worried about But I think he's going to be okay. And I think it's going to be very, very cool. And Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, you're very lucky, guys. Be in the yeah absolutely like i think it would be incredible if at this stage yeah. you know he must have passed like a litany of tests yeah. and done he done a whole bunch of a bleep test <laughs> a bleep test wow i haven't done one of those since about year 11 that's a very uk school reference wow it really is um <laughs> i like it i mean it's brought back horrible memories but i like it <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's another match of double or nothing, and it's got so much intrigue around it. Again, I mean, I'm kind of digging Ethan Page Scorpio Sky in a in a in a way that obviously I didn't foresee it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you'd gave me the roster and said, Who's gonna get together? I don't know, you know, I don't know how long it would have took me to arrive at that, but still they're gelling quite well early. And um, is it almost for the purpose of Sting? Do you know what I mean? Is it just to get them opponents? And you have to imagine Sting's not losing. You have to imagine that, but I think it's more for the purpose of that they're really set on this Darby Ethan Page feud and doing yes. it on the AEW stage. And obviously, knowing that um, most of the fan base does not care that these two had a feud before, but that feud is really what put Darby on the map. So I think they want to give a reason to do it again and i actually think sting might lose because what would make you want to fight someone more brutalize them more than them beating up your dad so i think <laughs> you keep saying their father and son like it's fact <laughs> it is fact. it's canon alex it's canon at least in the fan fiction i wrote it's canon it's canon <laughs> So I think when we get to Ethan Page versus Darby Allen, it's going to be more intense and brutal than people ever expect it because early on prior, we had this Sting involvement. And then we're going to get Darby being like, you went after my dad, so I'm going to get you. And it's going to be worse than any stuff we did on the Indies, guys. I am imagining Darby Allen cutting that promo like, Father! Yeah. <laughs> you. Yes, yes. Cut that promo, Darby, you coward. Um, moving along, it was Rebel 
not Reba. Uh, <laughs> I love her too. Taking on Hikaru Shida. Um, I mean, the main part of this match was Rebel like blasted Shida with the crutch, like really, yeah. really blasted her with it. Um, wasn't enough to get the victory. She still ended up tapping out. Um, but after the match, Baker comes in, attacks her. She gets the upper hand again, yeah. right? Like. She's pretty much had the upper hand every week of this feud thus far. I'm assuming the go-home show is where Shida gets a little back, but it might just be a washout because I have I can't imagine Baker not winning at double or nothing. Yeah, first thing I want to say, I'm laughing at CM Chris. That was a we do it of a system of a down song. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think that Baker's definitely winning at double or nothing. There's there's no way you could not put the title on her. And I kind of feel bad for Akarashita because she, she really has done a great job as champion, but her time's kind of up. Um, I don't know if I would have gone like this heavy on the beatdown of Akarashita this week. Hopefully she gets something back next week. But at the pay-per-view, it's definitely Britt gets a victory. Whether it's with an assist from Rebel or not, I don't know. But... Mm. I did like this match. It was just a bit of fun. I love Rebels so much. She is a underrated gem in AEW. Very funny. Very funny. I am. Um, I'd rather that Baker win without Rebels' help next yeah, week. Um, just from the perspective that you have to put it on Baker. You have to go with your hot hand, and Baker is is hot, right? She's one of the biggest stars or hottest emerging stars in the business full stop um you know signal booster put her at the top i there's a ton of things you can do with her thunder rosa and that feud obviously right writes itself that's big business if she wins i think she has to win i've been over this before if she loses she can't i don't know on the next nwa pay-per-view anyways <laughs> she has to do something to keep wrestling yeah. in AEW. um and then, you know, Jade Cargill is kind of coming. What do you make of the interviews and stuff she's been doing at the moment? Um, you know, they, they did this whole storyline, basically, people want to be yeah. her manager. Does she need a manager, Steph? No, but I like the storyline. She does not need a manager. And I think if she does have a manager, the only thing that will work is someone that we've never seen before. Um, mm. I did, like, this week's... Um, segment just because we had mark mark sterling that's his name right come in and yes. tell her you know oh if i i don't want to work i don't want you to work for me it's all about you and if i was your manager you wouldn't be doing these things for tony Schiavone. and she told him like J don't oh i will knock you out yeah no, like, <laughs> go away however i still might speak to you it was a very good kind of like You've done the wrong thing, but we could we could have negotiated something. Um, but I just don't think her manager should be someone that we've ever seen before. Mm. And I who, really who would you it, like? I wanted it to be Selena Vega, but I think that dream has died. It has died. Um, <laughs> she's back. At, she's back in WWE by all accounts. Apparently, um, why did Baker lose the Lights Out match? I realized thought said she did not lose. Um, first of all, it was unsanctioned, so it wasn't a match. Yeah. I'm just telling you AEW's logic. But second of all, it's one of those scenarios like, you know, Steve Austin, Bret Hart, Mania 13, like she lost, but really she won. Like it was almost better for her that she lost. Oh, absolutely. Because I think that she lost the Lights Out match because she is going to be the next AEW Women's Champion. I think that's it. I think that you can't, um, you can't kind of mess Thunder Rosa about like that you know, and not give her a win. That was a perfect win to give her because it was unsanctioned. Yeah. But the focus was all on Brit. It's Brit's t-shirts that people are buying. It's Brit's visual that was all over Twitter that night. It was Brit that people were talking about. So it was very perfect. Give Brit that big moment, that very much Steve Austin moment where you see how far she'll go, how hardcore she is to the people, you know, the, the hardcore fans who are not, you know, believing any kind of cave if you look at that and you go Brit will go to any lengths she's amazing mm. um and then for the fans that are more in the cave side she was the loser yes but she was the, the visual representation of that match so i think that's why she lost the match because it was literally the only win they could give thunder rosa while keeping brit strong you have to remember as well 
that for North American wrestling fans, they're not accustomed to seeing women with like the whole face plastered in blood. Like apart from Becky Lynch, which is obviously another iconic visual, yeah. it doesn't happen very often. So it was almost even more special. It was the first time in the spotlight. She comes away looking like, you know, not only is she this great character, she's a total badass as well. We've seen um, how important that can be to development of stars. You know, Mick Foley used to be the gateway to that. You know, Thunder Rosa kind of unintentionally did that for Britt Baker. But, you know, that's how The Rock became a main player and Triple H and Randy Orton and Edge because Foley would make them, he would show you that they're more than entertaining or they're more than charismatic or whatever. That's what happened for Britt Baker that night, in my opinion. Um, a lot of people are saying Jazz, recently, recently retired Jazz, would be a good manager for Jade Cargill. The more I think about it, that's a good shout. It's a really, really good shout as well. And I think that Jazz, just bitch. Jazz is someone that needs more recognition, and she's got it a little bit over the past year, like through her w- recent work. Um, I think Jazz being a manager for Jade Cargill would be very, very cool. I Look, I'm just looking for a Randy Savage situation where you have all these people that we've all heard of and then it actually turns out to be someone that we've never seen before, a mm. Miss Elizabeth. And I think for Jade Cargill, it would be very cool to pull a Jazz out of the hat when the people that you're seeing are going to be like a Vicky Guerrero, Matt Hardy, Taz, this Mark Sterling figure. It'd be very, very cool to bring out a jazz and do it at double or nothing, please. I, here comes bold statement time. I would have Cargill remain unbeaten to all, um, what's the last one? Full gear, make her the yeah. champion. I would give her the Brock Lesnar push. I really would. I would as well, but it's so hard because you've got break, Bit Breaker in there and she's so good. Yeah. But I think I think Brick like it would be great like if you get to that point right. So Brick would have had Brick, Brick Tamblin. Uh, Brit would have had a what six month run by that point if she takes it Sunday, uh, week Sunday, and I just feel like a lot of people are like oh you know, you know Jade Jade's not ready or like, maybe she's not right. But nor was Brock really when when he was getting his initial push. Like star power. Is star power. If you've got it, you've got it. I think what she, what I've seen from her is she has something that you can't give to people. She has that instant, yeah. instant thing where people are like, wow, who is that? Right? Yeah. Straight away, she looks like she should be the main player. The same way when you first ever laid eyes on Brock Lesnar, everyone was like, oh my lord, who the hell is that? Um, <laughs> and and I think I think she's got the same luster and the same allure. So, yeah. you know, uh, obviously, hopefully she develops and does great over the next however long. But, like, you don't want to see her taking, like, cheap distraction losses or anything like she would have done probably in WWE by now. Um, you want to keep her powerful. And I think by the end of the year, again, you've got a great predicament or a situation. I, I, I'd find that very entertaining, the powerful Jade Cargill taking on Britt Baker and, and Rebel, <laughs> personally. I mean... It would be great. I can absolutely see the idea of putting the um, belt on Jade Cargill. And I think if I wasn't such a major Brit Baker stan, I'd be totally on board with you. But I think that if that happened, Brit would very easily transition to being a baby face and have to yes. change nothing about her character. Like you would not have to ditch Rebel, nothing. Brit can be a baby face for the exact same character that she has. Yeah. And that's the magic, right? Yeah. That's that's when you're really really over that's and magic. Yeah. yeah exactly um yeah again like a lot of what I just said depends on how Jade Cargill gets on right but yeah. I still think um they have something special in her so it's very you have to be very carefully about how they tread with her you don't want to see her eating cheap losses. Let's keep moving along on Dynamite. Next was the Inner Circle promo. And Jericho earlier in the night was approached by Alex Marvez. And he said, you're going to have to wait until I get out there and tell the people. And of course, they did accept. Um, Jericho, man, like babyface Jericho. uh, A lot of people kind of go back and forth. Like, you know, he's better as a heel, he's whatever. But I've loved him since they've turned. 
um, personally in AEW. Um, I think the line that Jericho finished with, we're all going to dance all over your face and piss all over your grave. I know. I, I did. I did have to talk to myself during that line ago. Yeah. I had to, I had to like, you know, take a second to check what was said there. But yeah. Um, I think that, right, firstly, I am so, so scared that the inner circle are going to break up. And I actually had someone... I told you this, Steph. I've told you this. No, I know, but I had someone else explain to me today why they are going to break up. And I was just sitting there like, I mean, like, do you have to tell me this? (laughs) Yeah, it's like Christmas being ruined. No, I was going to say that, but I didn't want to say, like, the whole Christmas falling... Spoiler, because in case any kids are watching, I don't yeah, know. that's a very good point. Spoilers yeah. on air. <laughs> anyway, the inner circle are breaking up. Sorry, <laughs> but um, I really like this promo. I very much like that they gave everyone in the inner circle a chance to speak. I think that Sammy was a great little standout, but I think that Jericho's promo was standout as well because. All the comedy stuff that Jericho has been doing ever since the inner circle became back in black has all been part of the storyline to give MJF something to go off on him about. Mm -hmm. And it's worked very effectively. And I think it was a great aggressive promo by Jericho this week. Yeah, I I know we talked about this last week, so I'm not going to get too much into it. But I just, again, I feel like this whole program is for mjf right and that's that's kind of the end result I, i'm assuming i don't know you could have at least said wardlow <laughs> well i mean i hope that jr <laughs> said that which gives me actual more hope yeah. um but i think for uh, for jericho like, i don't know his touring schedule but presumably he's going to get back out there second half of the year there's shows in july and august but i don't think he's actually played any wednesdays Oh, okay. So it's plausible. I mean, Tony would fly him in. Let's be real. Um, so you know, it's plausible that he. That's could how it all started, Tony, with the private chat. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> Elizabeth Stallion, Steph. All good things come to an end eventually, unless it's New Day. Apparently. Not this good. Yeah. They could do with a hill turn, big time. Um, what else we got going on? Yeah. I mean, I, listen. I I'm. I, I realize at Stadium Stampede, just looking at who's involved, it's going to be great. Um, so whatever the outcome, but I do think the ultimate goal is the pinnacle. So, you know, it it has to be about, you know, Benno, I wonder where he is, um, has just said himself, the whole program seems to have pinnacle taken in a circle's place. I think Jericho is going to wind up, uh, alone, Terry Funk, aging baby face figure. Actually, that's not a bad shout. Um, I, I, I 100% agree with the first part. I'm sorry. I do Steph. Jericho will be Terry Funk, but he doesn't have to lose his friends in the process. Come on. I really like the inner circle. There might be <laughs> like I've lived through many factions, okay? You're like me when people go, you know, The Rock wasn't that great. And I'm like, hey, now. Hey, now. And they go, well, tell me a great rock match. Ooh, don't you do not you do it. Um, <laughs> How can the I'm not going to get into this. How can the <laughs> inner circle lose both blood and guts and studio stuff? And there's nobody left standing. Is there any parallels here? And I could be wrong. <laughs> Evol- you know, Evolution dropped twice to the shield. No, it's nothing like Evolution. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, though. The shield are like the pinnacle on the way up. Are they not? No. <laughs> Let's move on. We stop upsetting Steph AEW. God damn it. Um Serena, let me tell you, this might have been match of the night. Um in, in terms of uh we had Serena Deeb up next and Red Velvet doing some good stuff. Um there was a lot of you know to be fair, there's a lot of different stuff you could have gone on. But for me, uh Serena Deeb, every time I watch her, Steph. I think, how did she kind of go into the wilderness for so long? Yeah, me too. Um, I guess the answer is WWE not seeing the, the full potential of someone. She's only um, 34. I know. And she's so great. And I, I feel like she's on the best one of her career right now. And mm. honestly, with her being 34 and... She's done all this stuff in the past, but this is actually the best time for her because 
we do have a company like AW that can properly showcase her and this was such a good match it was she was so aggressive in this match I just thought she was wonderful Red Velvet really good performance as well it was great to see uh, Red Velvet in a high profile match that did not involve Jade Cargill so she could kind of show even more of what she could do and Mm -hmm. Well, I thought this was absolutely the best match of the night. Yeah, I enjoyed it greatly. Um, I thought Sean Rossap actually made a very good um, comparison in terms of like the way she works meticulous, a bit like Bret Hart. I actually quite liked it, the way he said that. You know, the woman of, uh, what was it, a thousand and four holes on her T-shirt? I thought <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, John McNeil, Alex, the shield like the pinnacle. Come on, mate. I didn't say they're like. <laughs> Come on now. I hate this about this, this, this. Uh, this medium, right? I didn't say they're like them. I said the stories are like them, right? Two established stables and the youngins are coming up and they might get two victories in a row. Come on, man. Don't put those I words in my mouth. I love that you're getting roasted from different angles because for for this guy, he is like, how dare you compare the pinnacle to the shield? And with me, it's like, how dare you compare the pinnacle to the shield, but in a totally different way. <laughs> <laughs> you can't win. God damn it. Um, anyway, tremendous stuff from Serena Deeb. Great to see her back. I believe that was her first one after uh, a bit of an absence from knee injury. Um, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, Anthony Agogo was next up against Austin Gunn. And this is before Miro. Uh, Miro Day is in Miro J, in fact, is in the chat. I know they're there. Um, cut, cut a promo after Anthony Gogo. He's trying his best to make this work, isn't he, Steph? <laughs> like he's he's going for it. I'll give him that much. Um, yeah, Austin Gunn was accompanied to the ring by Cody, draped in the American flag. Um, because of course he is super American, and yes, of course, a gogo would win. Um, how did he win, Steph? Quick, quickly <laughs> is the answer. Um, yeah, he, he he fared about as well as you could you would imagine. Uh, he had a few shots. He bled internally. The ref said thanks for coming, and that was that. And uh, and really, there wasn't much more development between Cody and Agogo. It's kind of um, you know, Cody was checking on him, and it went to break. And that was that, really, wasn't it? First off, nice theme music for Anthony Gogo by Mikey Rogers. Um, I honestly think this whole feud, Gogo, he's done very well on it. He's probably kind of the saving grace of it because Cody's kind of gone off on an American tangent. That's mm. um, but all I can say about this is like what we're really waiting for is to see a Gogo go in a full length match. And I can imagine that if he's going to have a match with Cody, it's going to be a, a proper match where it's yeah. going to be a five minute one punch victory. So. That's really what we're waiting for. I do have faith in him. And yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. A because we, like, we don't know what a go-go can do. We're really no. hoping for the best, but you, you never, never know. But he he does seem like the character they've given him, he can certainly pull off whether he can go for a proper match in the ring or not. We will see next Sunday. I, I'm going to assume great things just based on the fact that he's worked with Cody and that at the you know, Nightmare Factory and there's that history. Like, obviously, this is about as good a first opponent as he could have. Yeah. Um, he's got the look, the believability. I'm high on a go-go, right? I just... Once he gets past Cody, then what? Then what do you do with this character, right? Like, And I get why Cody's... other Americans? Yeah. <laughs> you, you're American? Right, come here. Uh, I, I get that... You know, Cody is doing it because he's bringing back the American dream gimmick. Okay, yeah. fine. I just, it's just not my favorite angle. No. These two could have no. done it. They could have done it differently. I just they, don't like it. They could have done it so, so differently because if you're going to go with a pitchism angle, there was absolutely no need for all the QT Marshall, you're my best friend, but I'm turning on you stuff. There's no need for that if it was going to be a straight uh, USA versus UK thing. But this is where we are. Is what we got. Yeah, let's see where it goes with that one. Um, as I mentioned, Miro came out, and so did Lance Archer. Yeah. This is where we're heading, TNT title. I 
love it. I love Lance Archer, Babyface, Miro, you know, the big bruising heel going against Lance Archer. That strikes me as a match that is going to slap, to quote the young kids these days, Steph. It's going to slap, but I have to say how great I thought Miro's promo was. He is mm. a very, very, very good promo now. He keeps it succinct, but he's so intimidating. But mm. I also thought Lance Archer was a great promo as well. And I think I said months and months ago that I thought actually Lance Archer is better as a baby face. Um, even though he seems so heelish, he is better as a baby face. And I think this actually proved that too. I think he'd be going in there as a baby face and Miro, I I love Miro as TNT champion. Me I too. love him as well. But Miro seems the absolute right guy for right now to hold that title. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do week on week on Dynamite being the champion. I like it when Miro speaks. It's like he's got conviction. Oh, do you know what I mean? He's I very. Scared. I was actually scared when he was basically talking about. <laughs> I know everybody dies, but I want you to be first. Like he says something like that, and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> wouldn't want to be Lance Archer because you feel it when Miro speaks." So yeah, much. I like it. He's he's got that like like I said conviction. He's like deliberate with what he wants to say. I like it. And and again, I, like as soon as this match kind of manifested itself, I was like, "Yeah, man, like I I dig it. It's going to be a real hard hitter." Um, you know, almost reminiscent of like Brody Lee and Mox when they went together and and that was like a, a real good mesh this reminds me of that no it really does it's because the other thing about Lance Archer I, I really think he hasn't shown his full potential yet in AEW I don't think people realize that he's he is so much more than a big guy he's so agile I'll mm. never ever stop talking about his G1 match with Osprey because it's literally <laughs> one of my favorite matches of all time the guy is so agile he can do so much more than just what you think he could do if you just looked at this guy he is not just some big man that does big man moves he's so multifaceted and putting him in the ring there with Miro I think it's going to be absolute magic in the main event we had the young bucks against the varsity blondes of course that would be Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr did you see Brian Pillman Jr on dark this week no, I didn't. I don't know if it was this week, but I saw the clip of it on Twitter and he took on Luther. Uh-huh. Now, if anyone wants to correct me when this was, then feel free. Um, but I do believe it was this week. And um Excalibur <laughs> Excalibur on commentary goes like, Oh, and Pillman's really testing the gas tank of Luther here. And Luther is so lazily like chucking him around the ring. Um <laughs> it like he just he obviously cannot keep up with Pillman Jr. It is hilarious um Wait, can i just say in case luther's watching that luther is the best voice in pro wrestling i say that all the time sure sure what that out there carry on yeah sure voice gas tank yeah. um yeah it was funny anyway <laughs> I, I i'll find the clip and i'll send it to you it's very very amusing anyway uh back to the main event here and of course like i said it was the young bucks and the varsity blondes um you know the action was was very very good as you would expect these are two young energetic guys working with the young bucks man how can they have how could they have a bad match um the main thing is obviously they pick up the victory um and i I believe it was a sharpshooter to pillman actually which is kind of funny um but after the match moxley and kingston did reappear they attacked the bucks and they chucked them out to finish the show um Another week yet until, of course, we get uh, we, the go home show and all of that good stuff. Where I imagine, you know, I hope the Bucks get the other hand because normally that means the other people are going to win. Um, but anyway, what did you make of the main event, Steph, and, and the stories coming out of it? I thought it was a very good match because I think that Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison are a really good team, and they're a team that have really been like actually working at it. Like they're a team of. If you want it to go back from their debut to now, you could see their development. So it was very nice to see them get this spot. I thought they cut a very good promo earlier in the show where Brian Pillman talked about his dad saying, like, I get compared to my dad, but my dad's what put me off this business. Like, the young people like the Young Bucks are what made me want to get into this business. And I thought that was very good. I thought it was good adding for them. But at the end of the day, the main story is about Kingston and Moxley. And the Young Bucks are such awful heels with their tactics right now. They've gone 
fully, fully to the dark side. And if you were someone just tuning in, you didn't know anything, you'd feel so much sympathy for the varsity blondes. And then you see the young bucks act like that. And you'd be like, oh God, I just want, I just want someone to take these guys down. And then out come the coolest guys in the world. <laughs> so I thought it was a, a very good closer to the show. And I just hope that whatever happens on Sunday, the varsity blondes, don't get forgotten about in the tag team picture because they've done a really good job of building themselves. They stole their shoes. Um, what, what do you think about Julia Hart being with the Varsity Blondes? That seems like a good fit. Yeah, I think it's a really good position. Like it goes to the gimmick and it's nice for them to have someone kind of outside in their corner. It just works with the overall gimmick. And yeah, I think it's lovely. I like Pillman Juma. Like him very much. I think there's a big upside to all of those guys there. Um, and yeah, like you said, it, it's. I thought it was a great show closing angle. <laughs> just Moxley and Kingston are just so entertaining. Um, <laughs> Stealing shoes and socks. Come on. <laughs> that's all you want to see, isn't it? Like, that's what you want to see. Because these two are going to end up on TBS getting a spinoff show where they're just buddies going around in cars, robbing people. Shoes and socks. And it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Abnav has given us a last minute ultra chat here. A go-go dresses like a Brexit dad. Wow, what is that? Um, <laughs> hope he writes Cody's boring ass out of AEW for a bit so he can turn heel and start being interesting again. After double or nothing, I hope a go-go starts to get courted by Team Taz. See, yeah, actually, that's not a bad shout. Seems like a natural fit. Uh, and he ends up as the new star. Um, lot, lot to unpack there. I mean, everyone's hating Cody recently. Like, they are. And I don't know if it all stems from that promo, right? Like, but people, do you think, I was about to say, people seem a bit tired of him anyway. And, and I think maybe it goes to what you were saying last week that he just hasn't really been doing anything. Like, he's just there. Because again, he was literally probably the hottest baby face in wrestling, what, 18 to 16 months ago? Now look where we are. He feels like a because the problem is I can't think of an example. He feels like when you're watching a TV show and there's a side character that doesn't interact with the main characters and they're just off on their own little low trip. And I think that's the problem. He kind of feels like that. And detached. I think that, very detached. And I think that if he does lose a double or nothing, and let's say that he goes on paternity leave. I think he does need to come back and it needs to be a reset and it needs to be something that integrates him into the whole picture. And I think they maybe need to find a way to undo this Cody can never be world heavyweight championship. Mm. Because I think that, that uh, as maybe noble of an idea as it was at the time, that kind of detached him as well. So I think they need to think of something else to do with him if he does take a little bit of a break after double or nothing. It's got to be an easy way to do that, right? Like, you know, you have to face someone to earn the right to get it back or I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, the reports but, last week. Like, I hope Cody doesn't end up being the saviour when we all want it to be Hangman Page. Yeah, oh, God, that'd be the worst heat ever, wouldn't it? So <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I mean, if you wanted to turn him heel, though, <laughs> that could be that could be sensational. Uh, anyway, to cl you know, closing thoughts, again, I, I thought uh, Dynamite was very good this week. Yeah, I thought it was very good. It was a solid show. I think next week, I hope it will be even better. We're building the pay-per-view, but this one is a good little taster before we get to the actual pay-per-view show. And obviously next week it's on a Friday, which is a big change for them. I hope they carry their audience over and I hope they kind of go all out for it because we are on a different a different time. Good pun. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, next week, right? So we mentioned it is pay-per-view week. Guys, you see Steph's handle in the top right-hand corner. I believe it's... Yeah, there you, it is. Um, <laughs> so follow Steph on Twitter, Instagram. But more importantly, Steph, tell us about your week on YouTube next week. Yeah, so Double Nothing next week on YouTube. Um, a full, full week dedicated to Double Nothing. Um Okay, I'm going to make a reveal right now that I will be doing a pre-show for the Double or Nothing pay-per-view as part of my Double or Nothing week. And my special guest is going to be Mr. K. 
Kenny McIntosh from Inside the Ropes. Ooh. Myself and Kenny will be live on our pay-per-view. We will be doing a full pre-show, talking over every single one of the matches, watching what AEW put on the buy-in, all of that good stuff. If you watched my my previous show for Revolution, you'll know what it's all about, and it's going to be really, really great. But yeah, full double or nothing week. Uh, I have a poll running right now, and I don't know what the final result's going to be. I think, though, I will probably be doing a retro review of Double or Nothing 2019, and I may be doing the most in-depth video on Stadium Stampede you have ever seen. <laughs> and like also, <laughs> because I'm reading the chat, can I say thank you to Bippity Boppity Whatever for saying that I look like a member of Culture Club. Culture Club were my first ever favorite band. There you have it. That's the news. Um, Steph, can we do a video on your channel one day of why Dustin and Cody was great and why Louis sucks? <laughs> you want to do that? I'm open. I'm I'm so open for that title. So I will open. make time. Cody was so great. <laughs> How dare Louis? <laughs> They're brothers, goddammit. They're brothers. <laughs> Can't you feel it? What's the matter with you, man? Um, I love you really, Louis. Kind of. Um, so on that note. Oh, yeah, that reminds me, man. Are you going to come on my radio show the Monday after Double or Nothing? Uh, 100% because, you know, I can't, when an AW pay-per-view happens, I can't stop talking about it. So I will, of course, yeah. I mean, when New Japan or AEW happens, I'm the most repetitive booker ever. I'm like, what what Steph's doing? Um, but there you have it. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> right, Steph, thank you so much for your time once again, twice this week. Lucky me, lucky us here at Wrestling Daily. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see what you bring to the table next week. And of course, Steph says she's got an interview up her sleeve. So let's hope uh, we all keep our eyes peeled for that, Steph. Indeed. And also, just want to tell everyone that AW Weekly will not be on tomorrow. It will be on Monday. And yes, that was my doorbell. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good time to go. Thank you so much, Steph. Thank you, guys. I will see you tomorrow where I'll be here with Matty Paddock. I'll see you there. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.